Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show with the producer that's as nervous as a chameleon in a box of Skittles. When sober, that is. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from a smoke-filled recording studio built here at my office, or my home, in uh, Concord, North Carolina. Yeah, Concord, I'm back home. Yay, for a couple of, well, until tomorrow. Um, anyway, in tonight's show, let's talk a trip report in Pipe Parts. We'll talk about the uh, talk about my trip out to Kansas City and St. Louis for the Pipe Show. And then my guest tonight is Ethan Brandt. Ethan is uh, doing some writing for Pipes Magazine and uh, interesting character. So we'll get to know Ethan in a little bit. Uh, music by request, Jethro Tull for music. We have a mailbag, and I'm not sure if I've done this one yet, but i got to rave about my kids for a little bit, so that'll be at the end of it. And then at the end of the show, some news coming up. All right, so, uh, yeah, I'm back home, and um, let me tell you real quickly. I just posted on Facebook today. Follow me on Facebook, Brian Levine. Took pictures of it. I sat down on the airplane flying to Kansas City, and it was a packed flight, delayed an hour or so. The uh, guy next to me, his family owns a uh, owns a snack meat company. Yeah, similar to the uh, to the Jack Links and uh, and uh, Slim Jims and all that. Anyway, it's the Westerns Meat Company, and I was talking to him a little bit, uh, talking to him about how we've been trying to get my daughter to embrace some of these meat snacks because they're good sources of protein and good snacks. So we exchanged uh, cards and addresses, and he said, "I'll send you send you some samples for your daughter to try and." We talked a little bit about the the convenience store business and stuff like that. Anyway, really nice people, nice family. Was just coming back from a from a sales visit uh, today. Arrived. Oh my God, we've got snack meats for a while, and I've already had three different kinds, and they're really good. So uh, take a look at the Facebook page if you happen to find uh, Western snack meats in your uh, local store. I can highly recommend them. All right, let's get the show going. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company, and here we go. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, we've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, We live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellAndDeal.com. 
Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favourite blends outside of the US? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favourite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the US and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. All right, let me put my pipe down here. I've, one of the hazards of doing the show and smoking at the same time is I've got a really good bowl going right now that I fired up and almost uh, almost caught me there. All right, so the trip started off with, as I said, a delayed flight because of weather or something or mechanical this or that or whatever. So anyway, I got into Kansas City, spent uh, spent the better part of two days there doing retail and uh, getting out and about and hitting some stores. Uh, the drive from Kansas City to St. Louis took about an hour and a half detour. Yeah, here comes the Disney geek again. But I made it to uh, Marceline, Missouri, which is the small farm town that Walt Disney lived in from age 3 to 11. I had only been there once before, and it was during uh, it was in November, and it was after like you know like 4:30 or 5 o'clock or something like that. So the town was kind of closed down. Well, guess what else happens in February when it's snowing and uh, miserable out? <laughs> the town basically closes down. Um, and uh, anyway, I talked to one lady in the toy store there. The toy store was open from 1 to 5 on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday during the off-season. Town population of 2,300, and she said things are kind of slow right now because one of the companies took everybody that works there on a uh, trip to Cancun, so 100 people and their significant others. <laughs> anyway, um, nice little, cute little small town. I do want to plan and get back there in June when I go to Kansas City for the pipe show because... They've got a they've got a brand new Walt Disney Family Museum, and uh, if you get a chance, it's just it's just fun, and it's it was really cool to stand there in the Central Park or the the Town Square and see the gazebo and see the yeah see what basically Walt thought of as Main Street USA and how it got into uh, got into his parks. Um, from there, went on to St. Louis, and the St. Louis Pipe Show has always been. A really well attended, very uh, very average or regular pipe guy kind of an event where a lot of the people in the area will save up their money all year long and come to the pipe show and yeah you know, and get ready for the one day event. Uh, this year, everybody kind of moved to a different hotel, so there was uh, it was about four miles up the road and there was some room hopping going on. The big thing that I did hear from the St. Louis Pipe Club is that the show will go on next year. Yes, the St. Louis Pipe Show will go on next year. It's going to be at a uh, membership lodge uh, or a lodge building on uh, another part of town. But the show will go on and they will be able to smoke in the lodge. Uh, one of the beauties of the St. Louis Pipe Show and the reason that they're having to move it is because the banquet center where they held it that overlooked the river in St. Charles and looked out towards the casino. It was a beautiful room. Well, that facility has decided that the two events a year where they allow smoking, they're not going to allow it anymore, so that's the reason for the move. Um, 
pipe show day itself, the uh, the the floor of the show was busy the entire day until about two thirty or three when the snow started to come down pretty heavy. Now I will say that what you know, between St. Louis and Columbus, and when I call this, when I say average pipe guys, I mean the the pipe guys in attendance are guys that you know are going to spend seventy five to a hundred bucks on a pipe. Very few uh, high dollar collectors. Very few people come in from completely different parts of the country. I mean, there was a couple of folks from New York, a couple of people from the West Coast, but the main group of people are from right there in the Midwest, in the, the Missouri, Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska area, right in the heart of the country. And when they come out, I mean, they love to come around, sample tobaccos. Besides me, there was two other tobacco companies there with samples open, the room was full of smoke, and it was wonderful. The weather outside was miserable, but we were able to stay in the room and smoke. Uh, even the snack, the little snack stand had some uh, good sandwiches for sale at a reasonable price. The uh, one thing that I did notice about this year's show is there was there was a lot more tobacco than I've seen at any other shows for sale. Lots of vintage tobaccos or slightly aged tobaccos for sale and a good, good, good assortment of estate pipes, and even a couple of us pipe company suppliers were there. Bags and bags of stuff were being purchased. Uh, one younger guy that I talked to, 18 years old, uh, bought two bags full of stuff, walked out to the car, dropped it off in the car, and came back and kept buying more stuff, and he was having a ball. Uh, so it was nice to see a 18-year-old cruising around the pipe show. I do want to say thank you to all of you that came up to me and said hello. That was wonderful to see you all. Uh, wish there was a place where, really, where you could all sit down and have a smoke together, but you know it's not that uh, not not feasible anymore. Uh, shout out to a couple of the restaurants in the area, Culpepper's, and then I can't remember the Brew Pub, but they still have indoor smoking sections that are pipe and cigar friendly. So it was really nice to go and after dinner or before dinner have a drink sitting in the bar area and be able to enjoy a pipe. So hopefully next year we'll be close to that or find some other restaurants where we can do the same thing. All right, there's my uh, St. Louis Pipe Show recap. And uh, guess what? Next week we'll talk about New York City and the Newark Pipe Show, which is coming up on uh, this Saturday. So I hope to see you all there. And in just a minute, Ethan Brandt will be on the phone. This is Internet Radio. Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is molto dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. 
Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Sightlife Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Balto Dolce blend in public. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining me is a uh, contributor to PipesMagazine.com, a pipe smoker, a... Uh, Kind of a uh, renaissance guy, but we'll get into that a little bit later. And I think Ethan's got the best job right now I could think of. He's doing articles about booze and smoking. The only thing better than that, well, we can't talk about that. But anyway, please welcome Ethan Brandt to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hey, how's it going, Brian? Well, it's a Tuesday night and it's warming up a little bit here, so I'm excited. Um, and you are in St. Louis, where I just was, and it was not warm. No, about as far from warm as you can get right now, at least as much as I'm comfortable with. We're still digging out here after the little bit of a snowstorm you got to witness at the show. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, did I mention that you're a law student? So I'm not sure I like you already, but we'll we'll figure out a way hey, to get hey, through that. Whoa. um what made you want to start smoking a pipe honestly my music professor i actually wrote about this for pipes magazine once my music professor always used to smell like a pipe he was a great old jazz musician here in st louis uh when i was 18 i was working at scottish pub and this guy walked in he had this long clay pipe when you could still smoke inside of pubs and it just reminded me exactly of the smell of my music teacher so the very next day after i asked him where he got it i went out bought my first pipe and made the huge beginner's mistake of trying to smoke my first bowl outside of my dorm room when it was about three degrees and my hand was shaking so much i couldn't even get the bowl lit but somehow it really caught me i stuck with it i love it and you did you get any advice from anybody on how to pack the pipe how to smoke the pipe or did you just think well it's easy i'll just go uh i'm the type of guy i love doing research on things because that's why i'm in law school there wasn't really any mentor there unfortunately we don't have a huge uh number of pipe shops here in St. Louis. We have a couple, but I went in, I asked for their recommended starter tobacco. It was a house blend primarily of Burleys and looked up how to do it, tried it. I wouldn't necessarily recommend a 18-inch clay pipe to anyone who's thinking about their first pipe, (laughs) but I managed to figure things out well enough that it wasn't too long before I got my second, third, 20th, 30th. Now, can we? I, I'm pretty sure I know why the 18-inch clay pipe was your first choice, and I want to I want to share something with everybody that you and I had uh, similar paths. Although I decided to not uh, not try law school because I like being a person. Um, 
Uh, we are both. I'm a former uh, Dungeons and Dragons and uh, Renaissance Fair fanatic, and you are a uh, current one. From one generation to the next, there. Yeah, I uh, I've worked at the St. Louis Renaissance Fair for eight years. I'm now the assistant director there. That's actually how I met my wife. Was we were in the same group. We were both Scotsmen, and we pretended to be uh, our characters pretended to be courting each other and eventually that became reality <laughs> art imitates life or life imitates doesn't it art. just yeah oscar wilde had it right uh, so does that mean that we can call you like the lord high constable and you report to the high sheriff or uh... you know i am not going to object if you choose to do so okay. uh, the, the person who actually has that role may object but you know you go right ahead well, if if they complain, you just fire fire them, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so now Make sure I, they don't get this. And now I gotta ask, with the uh, you know with the Renaissance Fair, obviously you can smoke a pipe while you're walking around in character. When you guys yeah. are sitting around on your weekly Dungeons and Dragons game, are you guys smoking pipes and playing at the same time? We have about. Uh, eight members right now in our group. You know, one's my wife, one's my uh, friend's fiance. Other than that, though, uh, at a given time, about four or five of us are smoking pipes, and I helped a couple of them really get into the love of pipes. So that makes me happy, including my brother. It it's exciting for me to hear that the uh, the geek generation is moving on and growing and uh, doing things like smoking pipes too. Well, it seems like that group, the group that enjoys the esoteric, one might say, the archaic, the older, the vintage, tend to gravitate towards things like D&D, like pipes, like good old-fashioned cocktails. All of those seem to kind of run in the same circle. And when did you, uh, how long into pipe smoking was it before you found that, that moment of the right pipe and the right tobacco? Geez, um, you know, I read a lot of, like I said, I love researching things. So as soon as I started really getting into pipes, I was reading as much as I could find about it. And I kept reading about that magical moment. I think it really honestly was about a year in when I bought my first Radici piece, Rubens Rhodesian, and had some English in that. I'm pretty sure I had some Westminster and suddenly everything just clicked with that perfect pipe, even though it was its first bowl, even breaking it in, that perfect pipe with the perfect tobacco, it really just sang to me. And that's when I figured out, oh, this is exactly what, what keeps people going for 20, 30, 40 years with this hobby. And have you had you tried aromatics and Virginias and you found yourself leaning towards English? Well, for me, I've always been someone who lets the moment really dictate the type of tobacco. I love all the different varieties of tobaccos, you know, aromatics, Virginias, Englishes. But I tend to love Virginias in the summer, Englishes in the winter. And at that time, it was still around the winter period and it just worked. Aromatics were actually what I tried well before I tried Englishes, as I think tends to be the beginner's route unless they have someone guiding them 
And I noticed you didn't mention spring and fall because part of the discussion in uh, St. Louis was there is no spring and fall there. It's there, just it's either winter or summer. Much. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and they're getting to be longer and more extreme as we keep going. This winter has been quite punishing. Now, when did you start doing writing for, uh, or pipe blogging, shall we, shall we call it? I, I started uh, not too long after that uh, first really critical moment with pipes. Uh, I started just with my own blog spot blog, uh, just called it Pipe School. Had very amateur photography that at first I was taking on my cell phone because I didn't even have a camera. Uh, once I got a camera, started learning the different ways to best represent the pipe. That's now one of my favorite things. Started there, did some writing for smoking pipes, worked with Quality Briar for a good while, uh, worked with my close friend Dustin Babitsky on Briar Portrait Gallery. Um, that's on a bit of a hiatus with him having uh, his little girl, Aria. <laughs> and I've done a good deal of work with Pipes Magazine. It, writing and reading have gone hand-in-hand hand with pipes for me. That's how I love to enjoy my pipes, so it made sense to communicate my love for pipes through writing. Talking talking about reading and, and writing for a minute. Uh, when you're studying for school, does it do you find that you study better when you can smoke your pipe? You know, I have actually found that it really helps me weed out the distractions around me. I mean, it, it's a busy world, busy home, lots of pets running around. But for some reason, when I'm reading my textbooks on some of the most enthralling topics like tax. I'm somehow able to, yeah, somehow I'm able to focus a little bit better when I'm just focusing on what I'm reading and the rhythmic puffing of the pipe just keeps me locked onto what I'm reading. It really does help me study. And we'll we'll jump back because you did a chart on choosing your pipe tobacco that's been published on Pipes Magazine and published on your blog, and we'll uh, we'll put a link up to it for people to find it. Walk us through how you did this and how a person uses it. Well, for me, this first of all, this chart is not an end-all, be-all. Anyone who has been involved in the pipe community for a long day knows that more often than not, the correct choice is the one that you enjoy most. <laughs> if you, whatever tobacco you enjoy, smoke it. What? price range of pipe you enjoy the most, enjoy it. But this was to help those people who don't really know where to go. So what I did first was I broke it into basic categories. So you have the Virginia, you have the English, you have the Burleys, you have the aromatics. And then it just asks one or two clarifying questions. Like with Englishes, do you want it really smoky? Or do you want it a little bit more complex? Now, again, I know this is an oversimplified. There are a lot of heavy Latakia blends. They're also extremely complex. But I wanted to make this as simple as possible. So just by asking yourself a few basic questions, you'll eventually get down to some recommended tobaccos based on your answer. And these are typically some of the highest rated tobaccos that fit into this category. And I, I'm in, 
I'm looking at it right now as we're doing this, and I'm enjoying some of your questions. Uh, like, in particular, do you want to be a total cheapskate? <laughs> yeah, um, because, I mean, honestly, for a lot of people, spending maybe 10 to $15 on a tin is something they're simply not going to consider. And again, there's nothing wrong with buying a one-pound tin for $2. If you love it, more power to you. But then you already know what you love. So I wanted to make the recommendations for those who are still searching and willing to you know, explore the best in them. Kind of like I wouldn't make a chart for people that personally recommended Budweiser. I just wouldn't. I would try to go for the more artisan-style beers, much like I here went for more of the artisan tobaccos. Uh, are you going to get thrown out of St. Louis for bashing Budweiser? Hey, it's, it is InBev now, and oh. I even said that while they were still St. Louis's pride and joy. <laughs> um, when you talk about complex flavor and super smoky, are you, are, is super smoky, does that, that doesn't mean the volume of smoke, that's more the, the taste that you're getting? Right. Uh, I'm not talking about that experience that a lot of pipe smokers know where certain blends just produce, you know, voluminous amounts of smoke as you exhale. I'm referring more to the flavor profile there. Um, and again, a lot of it is oversimplified. But for those who have developed their palate and developed their preferences enough to realize that it's oversimplified, they probably won't need It's for those who still can understand things just limited to, oh, yeah, I want something that tastes like a barbecue that tastes very smoky. And that's when I tend to point them towards the higher-rated, heavier Latakia blends, pirate cake being an excellent example among others. And did you smoke all the blends that you point people towards in these? I don't personally believe in recommending something that you don't have the fortitude to even try. So, yeah, I've tried all those. So these are, in your opinion, which you're the leading expert of because your wife's not on the phone with you. Um, <laughs> I could get her. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, I, could get my, I could get my wife and then we'd just sit here. Um, these, are, these are good suggestions for people and places to point them towards if they really don't have a clue and they want a, uh, they want a little guide to get there. What I did was I took my personal favorites and I actually looked at them next to the reviews on websites like tobacco reviews or luxury tobacco reviews, all those different things, and wanted to see which ones lined up. If for some reason there was a tobacco that I happened to really love, but those voting seemed to, on the whole, absolutely abhor, I wouldn't recommend it because the likelihood of someone else enjoying it seemed to be lower based off of the community reviews. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, now that we're smoking, we're going to talk about drinking. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. 
Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for cupofjoes.com. Cupofjoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. Cupofjoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly pipes. Check out their remodeled website at cupofjoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, cupofjoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, hanging out with Ethan. And for those of you listening and driving, please do not get ready to participate in what we're about to talk about because uh, Ethan is writing the column on PipesMagazine.com called The Speakeasy. And how did how did the column come about? How do you do the research for it? Can I help you with that? And um, <laughs> what's coming up? I would always love to hear your opinion on these different cocktails. Uh, the column was actually created just by me talking with Kevin. He asked me if I was interested in doing any more writing for Pipes Magazine. I enthusiastically said yes. We tossed around a couple of ideas, and putting together classic cocktails and pipes just seemed like a natural combination. Uh, the research, pretty dang easy. After <laughs> picking, well, pretty dang fun as well. After picking a cocktail, I do a little research on the history of it, where it was invented, how long ago, different variations. Then comes the really hard part. I have to go out to local amazing bars, renowned for their great cocktails, and drink. I know, it's terrible. Uh, So, And then I will typically come home, make my favorite rendition of that, and try to pair it up with a style of tobacco that complements the cocktail and make sure the cocktail complements the tobacco. Uh, this upcoming month, which actually I'm going to be going out tomorrow to do research for, is the Sazerac, one of my favorites. All right, so you go out, you do all the drinking, then you learn how to make the drink at home because you can smoke at home. Mm-hmm. Where do you start with trying to pair a tobacco? Do you look for a tobacco that taste similar or taste different or uh, are you trying to mix a sweet drink with a sweet tobacco or vice versa? I try to apply the basic concepts that are typically given to food and drink pairings in restaurants because pairing drink and tobacco ultimately isn't too much different. So you can have sweet things that complement other sweet things. Sometimes that's wonderful. Sometimes contrasting is excellent. The thing you don't want is one of them to be so powerful that it drowns out the second. So my first question that I typically ask myself is how strong a flavor is this cocktail? Because that will likely knock off a few things. If it's a really strong cocktail, I can't pair it with some of my more subtle, nuanced tobaccos. I have to have something that's equally as in your face. Otherwise, the complementary nature won't be there. 
After that, it's the horrible task of trial and error of trying a great cocktail with a great tobacco and another great tobacco and another and seeing what works. Are you doing this one drink and one bowl at a time, or do you have a couple of different tobaccos going at the same time while you're working on this one drink? Typically, I try to do like one glass to one bowl, unless the tobacco I'm trying just clearly does not work. If from the very first puff I can tell, no, this was a horrible idea, then I'll trade out then and there. But typically, I like to give the time to evolve and see how well they complement each other, which leads to a number of cocktails being had in order to do the necessary research uh, for me. <laughs> and is this research done in one night or is it done over <laughs> <laughs> that that also has depended um my very first cocktail that i wrote about for the speakeasy was the old-fashioned and uh that occurred over two days with doing all of the rest all of the bar research in one night and then having three or so to experiment at home and since nobody's really listening, was there a pairing that you tried that was just an absolute disaster? And, and what was it? Uh, so far, the pairing that, uh, you know, actually, I haven't tried anything that has really stuck out to me as not working. There have been some that have been mistakes and that the tobacco was way too overpowering. Um, I tried... For example, Devil's Holiday with the Brandy Alexander. Now, the two actually worked rather nicely in their own ways. The creaminess of the Brandy Alexander, the cherry and heavy fruitiness of the uh, Devil's Holiday. But ultimately, the Devil's Holiday actually drowned out the flavors of the Brandy Alexander after a couple of puffs. Though those couple of puffs were quite delicious. Huh. Uh what kind of drinks uh, do we have coming up besides the uh, Sazerac? And uh, are we going to get into any uh, any more modern drinks eventually? Well, the uh, main focus of it has been on the old school cocktails because there's been a revival in interest in the old school cocktails thanks to things like Broad uh, Boardwalk Empire and Mad Men. Uh, Great Gatsby, all of this has revived that interest. Eventually, we may be getting into some of the more modern cocktails. As for what's coming up next in addition to the Sazerac, I'm definitely wanting to do the mint julep. Um, wanting to have ideally a piece that focuses purely on the absinthe drip. Absinthe is one of my absolute favorites and now that it is legal again yes. i think it deserves to get the credit that it deserves yeah if i remember right it was banned for a while because of its uh, somewhat hallucinogenic properties i could give you the actual backstory on why it was banned if you'd like but that's the long and short of it was the claimed hallucinogenic properties yeah that's that's fine enough um <laughs> and then eventually possibly moving into into beers, porters, ales, meads, and... I'm not sure. Uh, I think we'll have to see the direction that the uh, readers really want it to go. I'm personally open for any of that, because all it means is I have to 
drink more beers. Uh, and I'm definitely a fan of mead, so I will eagerly embrace that opportunity. I'd like, I, I'd like to put in a request for that because I have a hard time drinking carbonated beverages and smoking a pipe at the same time. Yeah, I, I've definitely heard that it uh, messes with a few people, sometimes just with taste buds or for even increasing the nicotine hit. I've heard reports about me. I can always enjoy a good beer and tobacco. All right, so let, let's go back to your own uh, your own pipe collecting because the last we left off, you had a Radice that was the pipe that was the magic pipe of choice. And did you mm-hmm. have you moved around and... Uh, tried different uh tried different styles of pipes different price ranges oh absolutely variety is the spice of life um my current focus tends to be more on the russian front so i have a number of pipes from some incredible russian artists uh haven't been able to add too many recently because it looks like a lot of people have found out how incredible the russian carvers really are in addition, some of my you know, closest friends in the pipe-making community are right here in America. I love their pipes. I have a lot of theirs. So I've tried to move a little bit more into the uh, you know, artisan pipe-making field, though I started more in the factory pipe front. Um, for those that don't know a lot about the Russian pipe-makers and their, and their aesthetic, they definitely have a different design to them do you do you own any of the more outrageous shapes and uh, design pipes yes actually i do uh perhaps the best example is actually by andre savenko he goes by sava pipes s-a-v-a he made one that was inspired by the works of h.r giger the same person who is responsible for the terrifying-looking xenomorphs in the movie Alien and Aliens. So it's this, and I'm looking at it now, it is this reverse calabash where the front of it actually looks like the head of a xenomorph out of Alien, and the back of it is carved into what almost looks like a woman's face, but the stem is actually coming out of her mouth. It's beyond creepy, and I simply couldn't resist. And the next question is, does it smoke well? This one, I'm not going to lie, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, It was too sculptural, and I simply haven't had the appropriate opportunity, like an Aliens Marathon, uh, that warranted smoking it. But I can tell you that his works, along with the works of a lot of the Russians that I collect, do smoke phenomenally. Uh, I started off with Revyagin. He was my first uh, Russian pipe. Really knocked it out of the park with his reverse Calabash B design, and I was sold from there. So if Sigourney Weaver were to come over and sit down and... (laughs) (laughs) That might be the perfect opportunity. So if she's listening, she can uh, call you at... uh, No, uh, anyway. Open invitation, Sigourney. Yeah. All right, and uh, since you're still a uh, law student and kind of a younger guy, I'll uh, give you the opportunity to fire away and ask me a question as a not younger guy and not a law student, so that means I speak in English that humans can understand. And, you know, don't lie for a living, all these wonderful things that I'm trained to do now. No, I'm a a salesman at heart, so lying for... Oh, never mind. Yeah, never mind. 
Well, then here's my question. Uh, you've been witness to the increase in popularity with pipe smoking over the past five, eight years, the same time that I really started about seven years ago. What do you think that we as the pipe community have to do not only in order to maintain that increase in interest, but maybe even increase it? Um, two, two simple things. Uh, the, what the younger what the younger people need to do because there's I'm kind of in between the two generations there's there's a dramatically you know, there's an older generation that's retired now and then there's you young kids and then there's me in the middle uh, we need we need to and I try to do it with the radio show is the younger generation needs to embrace or get adopted by or get in contact with and talk to the older generation to learn and hear from them. And one of the things I've tried to do with the radio show is get some of these older guys on and have them talk and tell their stories. And now we've got them digitally recorded. Uh, we, so the, the older, the younger guys can learn an awful lot from the older guys and that will automatically make it give us more staying power because you'll learn some of their mistakes. You'll learn some of the history of stuff and it, it just makes it more interesting for everybody. And it'll continue the verbal stories along through the next generations. Um, the other thing we need to do is you young guys need to smoke out in public so that the world sees what a younger, what a, what a young pipe smoker looks like. And, so the world sees young people smoking a pipe and enjoying it, and so that the world sees that it's not a uh, it's not a, a two pack a day addiction. It's a one pipe a night hobby or a <clears throat> couple of pipes on the weekend hobby, like going out on Friday and Saturday night and having a good drink is not a getting home and slamming back a 12-pack of bush light because that's what you do every night. It's, you know, going out to the bar and having a good drink and sitting and talking. Uh, I mean, that's really what I would like to see everybody do. Uh, not go out to the bar on Friday or Saturday night, but, you know, see, get out in public and be seen as pipe smokers. That makes a lot of sense. I have, on several occasions, deliberately disobeyed my college's new no-smoking policy just to relax on a bench with a pipe. Seems the security guards never mind when it's a pipe. Well, the little sign always has a cigarette with a circle and a slash through it, so it's just cigarette smoking. Yeah, that, that's how I'm interpreting it. Or at least that's what I tell the rental car companies, because it just says just has a little <laughs> circle with a slash through it. I'm smoking a pipe. You know, put a pipe with a slash through it, and then I won't do that. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, sometimes they don't agree with me but that's the <laughs> couldn't imagine that no yeah all right we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions no right answer no wrong answer just whatever comes to your mind are you ready counselor absolutely oh counselor junior what oh, is yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite pipe oh my favorite pipe right now would actually probably have to be my alex florov calabash and what is your favorite tobacco really 
difficult to say. I might actually have to go with Frog Morton's Private Cellar. Recent one. Love it. And this is going to be tough for you. What is your favorite drink? And the next one is not an answer. The next one is not an answer. <laughs> Darn it. Um, I'm actually going to have to go back to the simple absinthe drip. Absinthe water sugar cube. Simple and wonderful. We'll look forward to reading about it. Absolutely. Um, when it's time to relax, is it a book, a movie, or music? Are those the only three? Yep. Oh, um, probably music. I'm a sucker for really uh, well-executed acoustic guitar like Andy McKee, so that's typically what I go with. And final question. Any particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory? Um, probably, honestly, the night before my wedding where all of the guys who were in my wedding party all either lit up a cigar or a pipe to celebrate, had a nice relaxing time out on a deck overlooking a lake, about as good as it gets. Sounds pretty. I hope it was warm weather. Oh, it was. Okay. Unlike right now, it was very good weather. All right, make sure and uh, check out PipesMagazine.com for the Speakeasy articles. I don't know, Ethan, you got any other place for people to follow you or tweet you or hashtag at you or any of that? Um, other than that, uh, once the hiatus is over at Briar Portrait Gallery, we'll be having a lot more frequent posts on there. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm just going to go have a simple bourbon on the rocks. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Always a good go-to. We'll be back in just a minute. The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th president of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco. Founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. Or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit Sutliff-Tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures. This is Internet Radio. You know, I haven't had anybody to talk about my old uh, Dungeons & Dragons days with before and my uh, half-orc, level-9 cleric character that I had, but... Uh, and the more I talk to Ethan, you know, smart, young, articulate, getting a real education and all kinds of hobbies and interesting things, the more I just decided that I don't like him. I don't like him at all. 
All right, anyway, I like him. All right, so for music, we uh, I had a request for some more Jethro Tull. Played, uh, played one about two years ago. Uh, anyway, here's one called Nothing to Lose. And I just like I like the way they work the flute in with the guitar in this one. So here's some uh, Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull.
all I know is uh, playing music like that isn't easy. And uh, as far as nothing is easy, well, the the host of this show is easy, and he's cheap. Captain, incoming message. In the mailbag this week, let's start it off with a hearty happy birthday to number one listener, John Seiler. Yes, today is his birthday. Everybody, raise your pipes up real high and uh, blow a smoke ring for John Seiler and his birthday. And let's see what John says regarding last week's show. IPSD, he opened up a tin of red ribbon and smoked two bowls. Uh, Randy Wiley is a pipe maker of long standing. I've had I've had several of his pipes and they are good smokers. Interesting how the marketing of his pipes changed over the years. He's always been known for oil curing his briar. His shapes have always been interesting. If I recall correctly, I found one of his pipes back in the 90s in Hawaii. <laughs> Must be nice being in Hawaii. Uh, John goes on to say, Music, Dizzy Gillespie, and the St. Louis Blues was a good choice. Rant, eBay, everyone wants their cut of the sale. It's sort of like taxation. Great interview, Brian. Have a good time in St. Louis. Uh, New Broom says, I'd love to visit Randy's shop and talk with him about his craft. I'm headed to Hillsborough County next week. Hint, hint. We'll have to find out if he uh, hooked up with Randy. Uh, Casey Ghost said, The nautical-themed pipe parts was very entertaining. It reminded me of the old country song, Dang Me, that had the lyric, My pappy was a pistol, I'm a son of a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even our own uh, Kevin Godby liked that son of a gun story. Uh, Dan goes on to write further, Randy Wiley laughs way too much for a man of his age. He makes a decent pipe at a modest price. It is amazing that he can crank out a thousand pipes a year. Folks are constantly surprised by eBay's failure to run their business in a way that is conducive to their own personal happiness. Publicly traded companies are like that. And then uh, Mr. Motoyoshi said, Past two shows have been dynamite. Great work, Brian. For IPSD, I cracked a tin of Briar Fox from 2004 and picked up two new pipes from SmokingPipes.com. I also went to my local pub and smoked many bowls with the barkeep. Gave him a pipe to get off cigarettes. Uh, pretty interesting when you think of the first ambassadors of our hobby being old salty dogs. <laughs> uh, it's nice to know we continue their tradition. I've been curious about Randy since I picked up a birth year Sea Reef Bent Dublin about a year ago. He sounds like a really fun guy, and I was laughing right along with you. Wonder who has the infamous pipe that he was making when he almost castrated himself. <laughs> uh, music selection was great. Gotta love Dizzy. Any chance we can get an Ian Anderson or Jethro Tull song in the future? Yeah, how about uh, five minutes ago? And then uh, Voorhees says, as they say you can't judge a book... Randy's picture comes across as he might be hard to interview. However, he was personable and enjoys a good laugh. Great music choice as well. And then on uh, Facebook, uh, Matthew Tahari, I hope I didn't destroy your name, uh, says, as a longtime listener and fellow Disney fanatic, he's there twice a month at Disney World, I love both the show and your collection. Also, what you've done for us little guys without thousands to spend on single pipes. Your podcast has introduced me to much in the pipe world, made a difference when I sometimes felt like I was the only smoker before finding this place. Hope to see you on here whenever you can. 
Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, glad we can uh, bring this little show out to everybody running around there. Um, on that note, if you all would, please, if you haven't, left us a leave a feedback rating or review for us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Post all your comments on uh, Pipes Magazine on the radio show page. And let all your friends know all about it. If you have a pipe club, go to the uh, pipe club section of the PipesMagazine.com forums and make sure and promote those, and maybe you'll get some new members. And while we're talking about PipesMagazine.com, if you haven't been there lately, well, last week it was announced that the two Gowiths, Samuel Goweth and Goweth Hogarth, are combining back together again. Yeah, the two families have shook in hands and they'll be uh, making tobaccos in their own styles in the same facility. So check out that article on the front page of PipesMagazine.com. And make sure and follow the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook. Yeah, we got our own Facebook page. And if I remember correctly, I think we're coming up on uh, coming up close on a thousand people on the Facebook page. We do love that. All right, in just a minute, we'll uh, brag. I'll brag a little bit about my kids. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog in the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I'll take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. remembers peer pressure yeah peer pressure remember that thing back when you were a teenager or a kid and the other kids i say, oh come on try this it won't hurt whatever you know you do this and do that well when i was a teenager that was the uh, that was the catchphrase was peer pressure well as a father of two kids who both recently in uh, yeah, in the past month have both come to us and said you know they got into situations or whatever and they were uh, weren't you know they were being forced into or 
trying to be forced into doing some stuff that they didn't agree with. Uh, one example is uh, trying a vapor or an e-cigarette. Yeah, peer pressure was pushed on. Or trying to you know, do things that neither one of my kids knew was something that they wanted to do or didn't feel right about it. Nothing illegal, but both kids, both times held to what they felt was what they wanted to do and didn't fall into peer pressure. Peer pressure also is seen around the pipe world, and I think it's one of the reasons why I make sure and tell everybody that I don't care what kind of tobacco you smoke or what kind of pipe you smoke. As long as you smoke a pipe and you smoke pipe tobacco in it, well, then you're a friend of mine. Yeah, it's that peer pressure that says that, oh, you have to smoke a straight grain with a 50-year-old English tobacco in it, otherwise it's not good. No, peer pressure or being forced into or out of your element is not what we want, and we don't want it at all, especially amongst our uh, pipe brothers. You know, if you find a blend and you want to try it, great. But if if you don't need to find another blend and you don't try it, don't worry about it. And for all of you that are young enough, you know what? If somebody somebody's trying to push you into trying something and you're just not ready for it or you don't want to do it, then don't do it. You don't need to do it. People that push stuff on you are not impressed by the fact that you tried it. They will be more impressed in the long run that you didn't try it and you'll be happier with yourself that you didn't, uh, you know, didn't, didn't, uh, Give up your morals or your values. So there you go. No peer pressure in the pipe smoking community. You got it? The only peer pressure is you have to listen to this radio show every week. Uh, Speaking of which, if you would like to advertise on the Pipes Magazine radio show, contact Kevin Godby. It's uh, kevin at pipesmagazine.com. He will handle all of that. JDRF auctions are coming up in a couple of weeks here. Coming up in a couple of weeks. So... Keep an eye out for that. We'll be posting those, and uh, we'll be doing those through Steve Fallon's Pipe Stud eBay store. Appreciate you all for tuning in. Thank you to Ethan for joining me. Check out his articles. And thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. And let me just say, live long and prosper. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny Since my customary farewell would appear oddly self-serving, I shall simply say, good luck. <laughs> <laughs>